This is the Lemon and Ginger podcast. I know you don't like the fact. <laughs> I know you didn't want me to say podcast, but that's exactly what it is. So therefore, I'm going to abide to the laws of podcasts. Um, my name's Matt, and this is... Hi, my name's Billy May. What do you do, Billy May? Um, I don't know why that's always such a difficult question. Um, I think I'm always worried that people are going to get bored of what I have to say. Uh I think if you say it with an air of excitement in your voice, then they won't. I'll do some sound effects in the background. I do loads of really exciting stuff. <laughs> like poetry. <laughs> and <laughs> writing. <laughs> and event production. Sweet. And I wrote children's books. And I... Um, what else do I do? I don't know. I write a lot. I like to say I'm a writer, but... Poet. You say of... poetry as well. Yeah, I, I've spoken word performer. Mm, that's pretty cool. But enough about me. What do you do? Uh, I am a music producer, um, engineer, composer, songwriter. All falls under the same umbrella, really. But I just make music. That's all I do. Which reminds me. Go on. How much I love umbrellas, and I didn't realise today. What? What kind of transition? I didn't realise until today. Right. Because it was raining and I took an umbrella out with me, which never happens. Yeah. Because an umbrella is like a nail file or... Um, a bar of soap. <laughs> no. <laughs> like a, an umbrella is like a nail file or like a glasses I thought we were just wipe. talking about things that I just don't use often. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm speaking about things that you do... You buy because you know you really want them and need them at specific times in your life, but you never actually use them. Are you saying people don't use the music that I that I make? No, I'm talking about umbrellas. <laughs> what was the transition? Because you said that all of your all of your the labels you used to describe yourself came under the same umbrella, oh, and I was talking. I was thinking oh, about right. which reminded me of when I was under an umbrella. Yeah, right, I thought earlier you were... today. Yeah. And and um, thought actually about how cool they are because they stop you from getting wet. Right. I thought you were talking about the fact that I don't go outside, but I'm glad. I'm glad it was it was uh, friendlier than than what I <laughs> what I anticipated. I thought you were digging. You're giving me a sly dig. No, I'm not throwing any shade. Okay. Unlike an umbrella might do. Yeah. <laughs> so. On the Lemon and Ginger podcast, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, we like to drink a lot of tea, so... It's also because we're British. No, you're not even British. You're half... Oh, no, I'm British. I was born here. French, okay. Yeah, I am half French Sorry. Though. Yeah, but it's all right. And we still drink tea in France, just not with milk. What about in South Africa? I don't know. I've never been. Could you believe that? I was speaking to someone about that today. I can believe that. But that's really? a really interesting conversation itself that we should do. I'm sure. About my assumption then to, mm. Mike, I just had a comment on your identity to say that you're not British when actually all you've known is Britain. Like you, yeah. you do. I'm France. Like, yeah. it's not all I've known. But your, your blood is, see again, I shouldn't even Britain have a right first. to comment on this is what I'm talking about. Britain first. Bring up, bring our country back. No, I can't relate to some of, I can't relate to a lot of uh, British culture, but. What about Peep Show? Oh, Peep Show I can relate to. I relate to Mark a lot. Let me try and finish this point though. Yeah. About how your blood does not define your identity. 
That is That's true. an important topic we should speak about sometime. Absolutely. And again, sorry I for like any um, offence I may have caused you. It's totally fine. I don't get offended very easily. So That's good. Um, but speaking of being British... Um, tea. What, tea. What's the tea? What tea are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking uh, lemon and green tea. Lemon and green tea? No. So yeah. lemon green tea. Yeah, but that's it's like green tea leaves with lemon though, isn't it? Oh, is that what is it? Okay, cool. This is all I've got in the cupboard, so So was... <laughs> So tell me, what are you drinking? <laughs> lemon and green tea because, oh. <laughs> like I said, it's well, all snap. I have in, <laughs> it's all I have in the cupboard. And therefore we didn't have a lot of choice. But it's pretty delicious. I would usually have put honey in it, but It's quite lemony. Mm, it is. This is a, to be honest, we are reusing the tea bag right now. This is the second brew. Of the same yeah, tea that's bag. a really good, uh, that's a really important fact, though, I would like to put out there. Um, in order to help save wastage when mm. it comes to herbal teas and even black teas, um, you should try and reuse the tea bag three or four times. <laughs> I feel like after two times, it loses complete flavour. It depends how big the cup is. And also, is it depends on if you're burning the tea leaves. Because a really important thing, actually, is if you put a little bit of cold water on the tea leaves, then when you put the boiling water into the cup, it doesn't burn the leaves. So you actually get a nicer <sighs> taste for a longer time. Holy smokes. I've been burning the tea leaves all along. You know what? I do do that with coffee, to be fair. When I used to drink coffee, I don't drink it much anymore. No, I keep going into places and asking for decaf, and they always say no. And then I have to ask <laughs> no, Billy what, May. You're and then not I allowed. have to ask what milk they have because I don't drink cow's milk. Mm. Um, and after that second question, when they've already said no, in fact, today I actually asked. I, I then was like, "Oh, okay." Can I have a mocha? And they were like, I don't have mocha. And then... <laughs> they didn't have mocha? They didn't have a mocha. What? Was this a coffee shop or was this just some random building? Was it a soup kitchen? <laughs> was it? Yeah, I had some it was, pea soup. It was at soup kitchen or it was a soup kitchen? It was at soup kitchen. All ah, right. For those, of you that, for those of you who didn't know, uh, Manchester has a venue called Soup Kitchen. It's really cool for raves and soup. True, true. I've not had it. I've not had the soup there, but I have had the rave there. It's so. really nice. Really good bread as well. Mm. It's been a long time since I had proper bread. Oh really? Yeah, trying to cut out my carbs. Uh, it's not very enough. good for you. Yeah. Bread. But it's I delicious. like rye bread though. I do love bread. I do. Like <clears throat> anyway, stop saying bread. Uh, you're the one that keeps saying it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bread. Okay. So. Um. What music were you listening to today? Give us a track. Today, mm-hmm. uh, today I haven't listened to a lot of, of, of music. Um, other than your own? Other, in fact, no, I have. I was listening to some music last night that I started listening to when I was having a shower. Because it's prime time to listen to music. Um, I've been listening to um, Shy Girl recently. She's got a song called BB. She's got a song called Nasty. She's got a song called Uckers. They're all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend... What um, kind of vibe? What kind of genre? It's like... Um, it's hard to describe really um, because it's kind of like really forward thinking like new wave rap almost it's like taking a lot of like British like subcultures and then mashing them up into this really glitzy like hyper pop version of itself it's really hard to explain but it kind of uses a lot of like the PC music aesthetic while still being like really gritty like British rap um, wow I think the main producer on it's someone called Sega Bodega, but 
the actual shy girl is like um she's like does all the rapping and stuff but it's like super experimental um and yeah very very sick my friend harry put, put me on to her um, harry put me on yeah, <laughs> he did um a couple of months ago and i listened to it a bit and i was like yeah this is cool but didn't really get into it too much and then i found out she was playing primavera and i was like right i'm gonna proper check her out and um very much in- enjoying primavera last year no this year are you going again uh, I haven't been before, but I am wanting to. Oh go wait, this where year. was it you played last year? Ziget. 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 Is that how you pronounce it? I've only yeah. ever read it. No, yeah. So it's Ziget in Budapest, and um, yeah, Primavera is in Barcelona. Barcelona. Mm, what about you? Did you, you know that? Go on. Um, we say paella when really it's pronounced paella. Paella. Yeah. We should ask my housemate, to be honest, because he would probably give us the best rendition of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get him to do a little clip at the end. My housemate is Spanish. He's not just an expert saying the word <laughs> paella. <laughs> it would be cool, though, if he was just like an accent specialist. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so go on, what kind of music have you been listening to today? So today, mm-hmm. um, there is, I have been listening to a new single release by a... German singer called Sebastian Schub. Cool. Um, actually, the singer, more a musician, um, singer-songwriter. Mm. He... Yeah. So I first saw Sebastian Schub at a place called Spiritual Bar in Camden when I okay. lived in London. And um, he's got a song called Yellow Walls, which is... You can go and see it on YouTube. That would be really ugly, right? Yellow walls? No, I love the colour yellow. Really? Yeah, and bright colours on a wall give a room space as well. Do you reckon? Like it makes them look bigger. And when you have black walls, it makes the room smaller. Um, visually. Not I mean, visually. I'm not saying, I'm not saying black walls. <laughs> anyway, so he's got a really beautiful song called Yellow, yellow Walls, okay. which is just incredible. And this one time... Um, I had quite a horrible experience in London. I was sexually harassed at a bus stop, which Gross. I've written a poem about in, called Mr. Collins. I'll probably perform that on this podcast at some point. That'd be very exciting. Um, but the night that that happened, um, the bus that I was getting from the bus stop um, was to go and see Sebastian Shue play at Spiritual Bar. And um, then I got sexually harassed again when I got off the bus, which is why I ended up writing a poem about it, because it was just an insane evening. It sounds like a horrible day. Mm, yeah, I mean, kind of. But then uh, I saw Sebastian Shue play. Right. And his voice and his songs literally healed me. And his voice is so powerful. And... Um, I feel like he's got a very beautiful soul and um, amazing teeth. And um, he released a song yesterday called Paradise. It's his first ever proper single release. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, It's very slow. I'd say it was for like those sort of uh, Ben Howard, Bon Iver fans. Um, Quite acoustic. There's a bit of a cajon in there. Um, and the main focus is just on 
how raw and powerful his voice is. Okay. And it's just gorgeous. And it's just one that you can listen to, to really make you feel something. Like every time I hear his voice, it just pours on my heartstrings. And um, yeah, it really brings out some deep rooted emotions. Um, and he's brilliant. So check him out, Sebastian Shu. Nice. That sounds very good. Um, sweet. Well, you brought up, um, sexual harassment mm-hmm. and, um, it's, I guess quite fitting to the topic of conversation we we're going to have today because it kind of falls under the umbrella, um, <laughs> of cancel culture, um, which has been very popular in the news today of February, 2020. Um, and a lot of, um, it being quite a a popular thing that's happening at the minute. Um, so have you got any opening thoughts about that? Billy May. First of all, I just want to present a little argument to what you've just said, Mm -hmm. just in the way you presented it. Um, cancel culture is a timeless topic, I think. Which is why, because when I said to you uh, that I wanted to speak about what's been happening really recently, you specifically said, oh, but it's over now, it's done now. But I think that it's still worth speaking about because Mm. things like people who are celebrities fucking up by doing like immoral things and us sort of being the judges of whether we should or shouldn't be um, separating them from their art. I think that's quite a timeless topic, which is why I really want to talk about it. Yeah, I think um, when I when I said it's over, I didn't mean cancel culture specifically. Um, I just meant um, slow ties case in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it's quite timeless. Obviously, I just think the term cancel culture is the thing I have a bit of a problem with. And I think it's the way people try to implement that within um, like a general consensus. Um, I think we as human beings are all quite complex. And to have this umbrella term of just cancelling someone, it just varies too much um, for me. And um, there's, there's not really like a definitive line or... There's not a definitive thing that everyone agrees on. And that's when I think things get really complicated. And that's when I can't really back it. I think things need to have some form of definition and need to be, um, I guess, um, I don't know. I guess I think, yeah, things need to be defined. I completely agree. I think every single situation is entirely different. Mm. Every context is entirely different. And like a lot of things in society, like in socio-political observations, I think people need to start looking more at the specific story instead of trying to group things, instead of trying to label things, instead of constantly trying to create stereotypes. Mm. Because we are individual humans. Like you say, we're very complicated. And thus, the situations we end in are also very complicated. Yeah. And I think there needs to be... And also, this idea of cancel culture, um, 
I also think that if someone does something and makes a mistake or fucks up, to just, or, you know, a lot of those cases tend to be hate-orientated as well. Like, you know, if someone says something that's racist or homophobic, by throwing hate back at that person and saying they're a bad person and things like that, I don't think I believe bad people really exist. And I think it's important to more have an understanding of that person, to have, like, a kind of pity or, like... Yeah, empathy. Yeah, definitely an empathetic... Approach to it. I think it's it's the same thing that's, that's been a problem with the kind of political... Um, sphere at the minute where instead of thinking about um, the other side and trying to understand and empathise with people there's just a lot of throwing around there's a lot of definitives going about and I think um, that's just like super dangerous in general um, for anyone because I guarantee that if we were to search up everyone in the world um, they would have at least one thing that they would not be very proud of mm-hmm. that would deem them cancelable. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we were speaking about this only last night about how there are lots of things we said when we were younger which we thought was, like, cool. Yeah. And then you grow up and you realise they're not so cool. Mm. And they might have been things that we tweeted or whatever or used to say. Yeah. But you you and obviously you should be held accountable for those actions. Absolutely. But people should also be recognizing that people you constantly grow, you yeah. know? You are under no obligation to be the person who you were five minutes ago. And by being held accountable that doesn't mean um chastised and um, you know, restricted from doing things or your career or your life. It should just be the ability like being held accountable means the ability of growth and being able to recognize your own faults and your own failures and, and learning from that and being um, given the chance to to kind of act in a positive way and learn from it. And then I think that's much more powerful than just, you know, sending someone... Just dismissing yeah, them. Yeah, dismissing them completely. I think I I was actually thinking about this a lot and I was talking with my housemate about it and it's it's frustrating because... One of the big problems that we've got in this country, and I know in America, I'm not sure about a lot of places, but um, is that we've got a surplus. We've got too many people in prisons. They're being sent down for little things like like petty things, like um, like drug, you know, drugs. Um, Yeah, like selling weed and smoking weed, especially. Um, And the most annoying thing about it is that one day weed is going to be legalized and it's going to be a bunch of white people at the top selling the weed and that's going to be fine. But right now, the majority of people who are in prison for selling weed are black people. And that's just another like um, spider web sub link to uh, like systematic. Racism. racism and oppression yeah yeah Absolutely. totally but right now we've got we've got um we've got too many people um in our prison systems and it's um it's like digging heavily into taxpayers money etc and um a lot of times especially with the left uh we kind of discuss a lot of um points to do with like reform and um about not having so many people in prisons that shouldn't necessarily be there mm-hmm. um kind of lighter sentences on uh, on things as well like and, and fucking therapy yeah absolutely like don't if someone clearly is like a, like fucked up or like did something wrong or reached a point where they weren't themselves anymore and acted aggressively or angrily 
and there were like you know physical repercussions for that yeah that that doesn't define someone as a person yeah like they just need like they need help yeah like these people need someone to talk to yeah or like you know rehab or something like they can't just be locked up mm yeah because that doesn't help anyone for sure exactly and that links back to my point of like if we see reform and we see education and we see empathy and kind of love to be like a defining factor into people like being able to do good in the future and to learn from their mistakes then why is it that and it's mostly in the left on the left side um why is it that we see it fit to completely dismiss someone in the same way that the government dismisses people of a poor background who are kind of, you know, getting done for like selling weed, for example. How, how come is it that we see it as a solution for people in prisons, for example, because of overpopulation, but when it's to do with like people that we listen to, watch, I feel like a lot of times we we go straight to cancelling people instead of showing them that love and empathy and like giving like giving them the knowledge on how to do better and I feel like Mm -hmm. obviously if someone is a repeat offender and you know things happen again and again and people aren't learning then fair enough but I feel like once someone brings once that that thing that they they're doing or have done has been brought to light you need to give people the opportunity to change and the opportunity to apologize and take account for what they're doing Mm -hmm. i think that goes straight back to what you were saying about how every situation is different and Mm. there can't just be one line like there are some people for example like you look at um oh who was that really weird white guy with the long hair did comedy jim will fix it oh jimmy savile yeah jimmy savile or like um like r kelly or like whoever else, like obviously there are there are repeat offenders, mm. like people who have genuinely gone out of their way multiple times to actually quite severely hurt people. Um, then obviously there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement of that, yeah. and like it's completely understandable for people to say yeah. they did bad things. I don't like them. Yeah. I don't respect them. But when you look at people, so for example, like slow tie. Mm. at the enemy awards you cannot paint him with the same brush as the former and because someone like harvey weinstein or Kevin yeah Spacey. exactly yeah, it's yeah. completely different absolutely so and you know there was a I, I i totally agree and i think um for me the line that i like to draw at least myself because i've, I've come to learn as i get older I've, tr- I've tried to walk the line of not supporting anyone who's um remotely kind of says some like suspect stuff or you know if someone is like um you know has views that i i oppose with or they've done things that i oppose with then i've i've, I've tried to side on the air uh, to err on the side of you know i'm not going to support this person um and i don't want to help fund their career mm-hmm. which i think is a false sense of nobility um because you one person isn't going to make a massive difference and also i'm sure I've done stuff that people will have, who listen to me will might find out about and then and then you know would not want to support me in the same way that every everyone's done something that people just don't disagree, will disagree with. Um, 
But I think the way I, I try to see it, um, knowing that a lot of people that I listen to um, or that I, whose art I consume aren't all perfect and all make mistakes, mm-hmm. um, I've tried to see it as if someone does intentionally causes um, physical or emotional harm onto, onto someone specifically, onto a specific person, then that's when I might cut off. So I... But I also appreciate anyone's desire to want to listen to said person. Um, I don't really want to listen to R. Kelly at all. I don't really want to acknowledge Harvey Weinstein at all. I don't want to support anyone who's been involved in any underage activity. I don't want to support anyone who's um, kind of done any kind of physical abuse. That's where I tend to draw the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's certain cases where I still have listened to people who have had accusations. And I think, again, it, it comes down to the actual, can you separate art from artist? It also comes down to, does do I feel like that person has learned from their mistakes? Have they acknowledged it? I think there's no right or wrong in this scenario because... By listening to someone, you're not inhabiting that person's conscious. You're not, you know, you're not um, representing, you know, that, you know, you're not representing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I think there's, that's the way I see it anyway. I, or I, or I try to see it because otherwise, if I was to not listen to anyone who did something suspect or, um, problematic then I wouldn't listen to a lot of people (laughs) because a lot of people have got dirt on people yeah I definitely agree to some extent I feel like I'm kind of the opposite where when it comes to like one-time physical scenarios where people have like physically hurt other people Mm. I think I've personally like I've never punished anyone and I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do Mm. but I think it's much easier to like lose your head with someone yeah. Like I've definitely been in like I've been in situations where people have got very angry and aggressive at me, um, and I think there can definitely be quite a lot of like in like with relationships, for example, there can definitely be like um, different levels of abuse. Yeah, and obviously I'm not condoning it in any way, but I feel like for me it's more important that I am not likely to support someone. My main, when it comes to, like, uh, paedophilia. Yeah. uh, Homophobia and transphobia. Yeah, absolutely. And racism. Yeah. They're my three main things that I, I can't, I feel like when they're severely proved cases, like if someone says something that is very obviously unarguably racist or offensive, or transphobic or homophobically offensive, I and doesn't apologize and thinks that they're like morally correct or whatever. They're the kind of people who I don't want to Con- listen to. Consume, yeah. And I know that you said that one person doesn't make a difference, like if you're not listening to them. Hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's about that. I think it's just about having that person's energy in my life. 
Yeah. Like when I know that that person has said something that will be heard and affected and affect like a whole generation of like gay kids or black kids or whatever, uh, or something that is encouraged and supported by people who feel the same, like coming out and saying things like slurs, racist slurs, homophobic slurs, whatever, coming out and saying them publicly um, gives validation to the people who think those things. Mm. And um, that does affect like uh, children and even adults um, because representation matters um, in lots of different ways. And so that's not something that I generally like to support. And obviously paedophilia as well. Like, for example, Drake. Um, and obviously, yeah. like, the Millie Bobby Brown stuff, which I also agree, had, like, did definitely blow up with people's opinions. Yeah. Um, but I definitely never go out of my way to listen to Drake. However, yeah, he makes fun- some fucking bangers. Mm. Like, I appreciate as well. This is the other thing that I think is really important with council culture when it comes to musicians. Yeah. Listening to their music, sometimes singers and artists who say certain stuff, they literally only get like 10% of the money that comes from their plays because Absolutely. there are so many producers and like musicians yeah, who worked people. on those tracks. Yeah. So you... You're messing with people's money. Yeah, like, exactly. Real bad. Yeah, but yeah. that's why this person, the person who, you know, the artist or singer or whoever who says these things should be responsible for that because they're the identity. Like it's them who's that icon for all of the people who are behind them, like the musicians and the producers. But like, you know, when it comes to Michael Jackson, for example, like no one really knows what the fuck is even going on there. Like what happened, what didn't happen. Yeah. But now it's like, I, again, I don't really go out of my way to listen to his music. Because I'm always on the hunt for new shit. But he was a huge inspiration of mine growing up. Um, He made some incredible stuff. Absolutely. But also now that he's dead, like I understand why like people listen to him yeah um i mean i I mean even even like r kelly if you go back and listen to like some old r kelly i know all the worst of some of his shit he he was an incredible musician and i think just because someone does some terrible things does not mean that they are not talented i think a lot of people try to assume or try to act as if because someone has great talent and makes incredible music that they resonate with, that they're some say somehow the same as them, you know, because we like to like see ourselves and our heroes. Right. Um, and then that's probably why a lot of people get really disappointed in them. Yeah. Um, Cause, cause we put them on a pedal, yeah. pedal pedestal. And <laughs> you really struggled with that. <laughs> yeah. A pedal stool. It sounded like I was trying to like pedal a bike with my voice. <laughs> pedal, 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 pedal stool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh that's not um i think we tend to forget that people make music for multiple different different Mm. reasons one of them is uh for you know cathartic reasons so Mm. being able to express themselves and obviously that that falls for most people other people do it to just make money and get radio play and a lot of times these artists that we listen to um and this goes kind of almost exclusively to like singers uh, and musicians as opposed to like actors for example which is a whole mm-hmm. different story but um yeah. musicians sometimes they're not the people writing this stuff there's a lot of p- different people writing a lot of different music 
Um, and some songs have a lot of different writers all working on the same thing. So when you hear something, you feel like you relate, it's done on purpose. Like people aren't trying to music that is so specific to them set to like an artist and one person's life and journey doesn't tend to sell very well. So when you hear a popular song made by an artist, it's usually done with some thought in mind as to how are we going to make this accessible for the the majority of the public. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one reason why we can't totally relate with certain artists. But the other thing is also like we all are very complex, like we were saying before. So even if you know we all feel the same kind of emotions or have gone through similar experiences, we, we all also do different things and react differently to um to you know to a whole plethora of things that happen to us and you can't denounce someone's talent um based on their actions you you still should recognize those people because i think talent and morality are don't go hand in hand Mm-mm. at all some of the best musicians and some of the best artists were renowned to be some of the worst people ever yeah <laughs> like like hands down and there's a whole lot oh, of reasons that is the main that. point that yeah. is so true look at like Bukowski for example mm. like one of the most famous writers ever he was a fucking dick yeah I mean there's a whole load of people so when people look still... at Eminem for example yeah greatest well, greatest of all time absolute goat uh, I but mean, I definitely say, slightly homophobic. Yeah, I think he's definitely said some uh, suspect stuff. Mm. But um, he's not he's by far the worst. He's not very mm-hmm. cancel- cancelable. Another thing that I wanted to bring up as well was um, in this regards to kind of Johnny Depp, for example. Have you heard about the Johnny Depp stuff? Yeah. So uh, for anyone who didn't know, um, Johnny Depp was accused, I think maybe a year ago. It was quite a while ago because I've, I've known... It was when he was filming for the Harry Potter movie. Yeah, it's been a minute. Maybe because like J.K. Rowling didn't give a fuck, but she's like a Tory cunt anyway. Yeah, so. but but also here's it, the thing. It, it created matter. an amazing but also it world do- but that also, has changed people's lives. Yes, but also it doesn't matter because Johnny Depp was accused of being abusive to his partner um, for a long time, and a lot of people cancelled him, and a lot of people were like he's a terrible person. Tried to kick him off of movies. He lost his job. Um, as Captain Jack Sparrow on the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Um, And it turns out, a month ago, well, or maybe around a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, there there is evidence that shows that his wife was the actual person that was abusing him. There's recorded evidence of her admitting to it that he he must have recorded. Um, And actually... A load of people have just wrongly cancelled him and almost ruined, not ruined his life because he's still a, a millionaire and he's very famous and he'll get acting jobs again. But it's tarnished his reputation and potentially yeah. tarnished his future Because career. there are people who don't hear the truth. Yeah. Eventually. Not, they hear one thing and then, but this is my main point to yeah. like the overall point is that we need to have less opinions and more empathy. Absolutely. Because I mean, that links straight back into the slow tie thing. Yeah. So again, for those of you who don't know, um, at the NME Awards, Slow Tie has been accused of using quite um, misogynistic slurs and um, being like aggressive to the audience because he like threw a glass at someone and then like jumped into the audience to yeah. try and like attack someone. Yeah. Um, and um, 
people saying that he's definitely not a hero and that um because he he was actually he won the hero he award. won the hero award <laughs> um he was both a winner and a loser that night yeah this is all links back to exactly what we're talking about because if you actually watch the whole video and have full context of what happened Catherine Ryan, who I'm a huge fan of, I think she's absolutely brilliant. Mm, same. Um, she, she's very funny. Actually, oh, that's going to be one of my recommendations at the end. Hey. Um, so she she started the joke. She yeah. started the jokes. He carried on with the jokes. And um, it was all a bit weird and uncomfortable because he was obviously very fucked. Yeah. But... Um, Ultimately, it was just very clearly a joke. Yeah, both people were, were consenting in it. And I think the issue was that we got half the story or people like to react to one thing. Definitely, but, and take things out of context. Yeah. And um, this is the thing with... Okay, wait, I have so much to say here. So um, one of my main issues with the whole ordeal is the fake empathy that people have been putting on Catherine Ryan. Yeah. Because she is specifically... Uh, she's tweeted slow tie at least twice since the event and spoken out about it and said that um, there was... She she didn't feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That she... Also, people are twisting her words because she said something about how um, she knew he'd lost the second he opened his mouth. Yeah. She didn't mean... She doesn't mean that in a patronising way, like how people are taking it. Yeah. It's it's renowned for a comedian. One of their things about um, being on stage is what a lot of people don't, re- like, recognise is when you're in the audience of a comedy performance... Mm. Um, the audience you, of a comedy performance. <laughs> you... I'm a poet and I know it. Yeah. You leave the comedy to the comedian. That's what happens. The second... There are so many people... And it's the most annoying thing for a comedian when you're sitting front row, for example, and a comedian tries to take the shit, like take the piss out of you, and the person who's being um, spoken to tries to say it. something funny in return. Yeah, don't do it. If you're if you've asked to sit front front row, which you always like, you choose to sit front row. Yeah, because you're known that you're gonna, you know that you're gonna be taking the piss out of. Yeah, like it's part of the fun. Don't give back. Anything that you say to a comedian that isn't directly you. asking their question and giving them the answer, um, they want, yeah, or... giving them something to create a joke, out like of. freestyle joke out of. Mm. Anything you say, no matter how clever you're trying to be, you're a fucking dick. Don't do it. Yeah. And that is what she meant. That is what Catherine Ryan meant. Well, it's, he- it's hecklers, right? It's, it's, yeah, and it's... that's what Catherine Ryan meant when she spoke about Slow Tie being a heckler. Yeah. She wasn't patronising him in a way mm. of saying, I knew that he was going to lose. Like, I won. Like, it wasn't It wasn't that deep. It no. wasn't that deep. I agree, And yeah. um, I also want to shout it's... out Catherine Ryan because she said my favourite thing of all time that I've ever heard. I think the other thing is that it's super misogynistic, I think, to assume... Oh, so this is my feeling. other point. This is my other point. Yeah. Hold on, I just want to say, um, I wrote down when, what Catherine Ryan said after Slow Tie disappeared. Yeah. I'm so wet, I'm going to slip off these stairs. <laughs> slip, slip, I just want to take a moment. Slide. <laughs> oh, jeez. I just want to take a moment to really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I She's mean, incredible. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Well, yeah. So yes, I this think- is the fucking. So this is the this is the biggest thing that gets flipped around. Is that is this this kind of fake empathy thing? And that equally, 
if not more misogynistic thing of people deciding how Catherine feels about what happened to or her. Or how she should feel. Or how she should feel, exactly. Yeah. She has said, and this is, again, like what we were saying about how there is no line, that every single situation should be regarded completely differently and considered within every single context. Yeah. Because there are certain times when I have, like, I just, there is no, there just isn't. Like, there are times when I've, when I've been with someone and they've done something in, like incredibly misogynistic towards me, but I know that their intention was a joke and it's not bothered me. Mm. And then there are other people who are like complete strangers or who I don't feel comfortable around who've said something that is less misogynistic or offensive or sexually harassmenty than what someone else might just have said to me. But actually I've been more offended by it or felt more uncomfortable by it because of that intention or because of how I don't know that person or but just because of how I feel, because of how anxious i'm feeling like Catherine rice she was on stage she was fucking bossing it like she was hilarious like she was doing what she did best yeah and she felt empowered she felt amazing and it didn't knock her down it wasn't um there was no she didn't feel any kind of inferiority towards slow tie no like because it was just part of the act almost. Yeah, of course. And I, I, you know. And by saying she should be offended or she used sarcasm to avoid it or she, you, and you know. Or I poor think, woman, poor her. Yeah, poor, exactly. Yeah. I think that is an important point though. Like there are definitely situations where I felt uncomfortable and I've not just come out and said. I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. I have like kind of used sarcasm yeah. to diffuse the situation or give myself a sense of like fake superiority. Mm. Like that, I'm not denying that that doesn't happen. Like it does happen and it's a problem. And there's definitely an issue with with sexual harassment towards um, women in the industry, yeah. especially the entertainment industry. You know, I'm not denying any of that. Yeah. But every single situation and circumstance needs to be taken differently and Catherine Ryan has specifically said that she doesn't feel the way that people are tweeting about it and she even tweeted slow tie saying um you deserve the award you had yeah, a great album and internet and like bad things um on the internet eventually diffuse or something she said um don't worry about it or something with yeah. like free kisses yeah. like she is how she so Catherine who was potentially what people are calling a victim of the what the people are calling the attack yeah. even sure. she has empathy to slow yeah. tie yeah and the most important thing and she was the only person involved yeah this is literally the she to, is the is, only one who should get to say how she feels about it yeah we should we should not even discuss it what what we think shouldn't even matter in the scenario mm -hmm. but the most important thing or you know one of the most important things is that again what we were saying about that recognition about that um, having the guts to come out there and apologize. Slow tie tweeted, I'm actually going to read this. Yeah. Read his, um, there's two tweets here. So he wrote, um, at enemy, please forward my award to at Kath Bum for she is the hero of the year. What started as a joke between us escalated to a point of shameful actions on my part. Again, he, he is speaking about what, he's not saying that he, that she's a victim. He's saying that he feels ashamed. Yeah, he's holding Like, it's about him and it's about her. And they should be, every person who's involved should be accountable and yeah. have control over their own thoughts and feelings. No one else should be choosing for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I want to unreservedly apologise. There is no excuse and I am sorry. I am not a hero. Catherine, you are a master at your craft and next time I'll take my seat and leave the comedy to you. To any woman or man who saw a reflection of situations they've been in in those videos, I am sorry. I promise to do better. Let's talk here. That is so fucking mature and grown mm. up. And he's, and he's not very old either. He's... Our age? Yeah, I think he's about... He's 22, 24-ish? Yeah, 20, yeah. Something like that? Yeah, he's he's our age. And that is... So even if what he had done, I think that is a very valid and beautiful apology, mm. even if he had been the... Um, Hadn't been in the wrong. Yeah, and say. even if he had been the... Oh, what's the word? If he'd have started it, you know? Yeah. If he'd been pushing the it. The initiator. The initiator, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it was Catherine Ryan's joke. Yeah. And he's even said here, next time I'll leave the comedy to you because he realised that what he de- did and said and the way he acted wasn't a, funny yeah. because of how many people, because of the main issue here is that there are women and other people mm. who've been in these situations where they have felt vulnerable and where they have been over-dominated yeah. and where they have been um, harassed. Mm. And those people have have been like triggered by what they've seen and for slow tie to acknowledge that he had good intentions but that he caused those feelings mm. that is just it's so progressive yeah it's so progressive yeah and there is not one part of me that has any bad feeling towards him or negative feeling towards slow tie if anything i I pity him and I support him as equally as I love and support Catherine Ryan. Yeah. And um, I think the issue here is that when situations are severe and there are victims, people aren't taking them seriously enough. And then the media are manipulating small situations like this to try and create some entertainment, to try and create some kind of... It's outrage media. Yeah, and purpose. it's really difficult because then when mm. there are se- when serious things do happen, yeah, no one focuses on it properly because then people just kind of like, um, you know, their attitudes are kind of like, oh yeah, but that time that Slow Tie sexually harassed Catherine Ryan, people uh, supported him, and yeah. it's like, yeah, but you're just you're paraphrasing and you're twisting. Yeah, I and think. Like, yeah, that was. A and part, this is why everything needs to be taken. Yeah, every separate situation needs, needs to be, be seen differently. Absolutely, and uh, this is part of of it as well. Where like I think a lot of people twisted it completely out of um, out of context, and I think people were saying that he sexually assaulted her. Mm-hmm. Um, he was molesting her and groping her, and that wasn't true. If you mm-hmm. look at the video objectively, it's, it's just not true. She never accuses him of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something he apologised for. So you have great cause to believe. And, an audience, and there was an audience full of people there. You're, yeah, he knew. Like, it wasn't like a fucking... No one in that audience, no one in that audience came out and said anything about it. That's the other thing you've got to realise. No one in that audience said anything about it. It was just people who were like, oh, shit, just people down on enemy. internet. It was just people on the internet. And, and people only seeing, yeah. like, six-second clips. Yeah. This is the issue with social media and the news. Yeah. It's people who've only Bite-sized seen, like, six-second clips yeah. of him speaking to her that way yeah. and, like, screenshots of, like, yeah. things that happened. And no one actually looking at the two-minute video. Like, no yeah. one actually watching the full context. See, I think people did actually watch the two-minute video, but also didn't understand it because they took one piece of it 
or they took one perspective on it and didn't really see the bigger picture. And um, I think now that he's apologised, a lot of people are going at him now for the assault of the audience member. Yeah, but... but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was accepting an award, got cut off, threw a microphone down at his feet, which was in the audience, but didn't throw it at specific said audience member. Someone called him a waste man, chucked it back at him. He got a glass thrown back at him. Yeah. Like, well, like a cup of... He got a drink thrown back at him. I think he wouldn't And have... then he threw the drink back. He threw the drink back and then jumped into the crowd. But he didn't assault anyone. What else anyone. would you do in this situation? Yeah. And if you actually, like any normal person, just because this person is on a stage does not mean, like if it was, if there's two normal the, people in the crowd and one person threw a drink at someone yeah. and then that person who had a drink thrown at them threw, the drink, threw a drink back at them, totally you would entitled. not hate on that person who retaliated. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't take, think, I don't think slow tie in his position, I don't think he should have retaliated in that I'm way. I'm not but condoning I could, it in but any I could, way. And but, I think that's also part of the conversation is, is like, he shouldn't have he done it. He should have been the bigger man. He should have been with, the bigger man, um, yeah. But he commas. is totally within his right to retaliate to It's that. just an understandable human reaction. Yeah. This is the thing where we're going back putting people on pedal, pedal, pedal stores. Pedal, 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 pedal. He's just a human. He's so a human being. Why? He's incredibly <laughs> talented, successful yeah. human being. And it, it, I think a lot of it comes down to people just... He deserves to be recognised as human, though. Absolutely. Um, so even like Theresa May, Theresa May like crying yeah. and people taking the piss out of her because... Yeah. Like, because it presented her as weak or whatever. Theresa May is a human being. Yeah. She deserves to fucking cry. She wakes up every day and she puts one leg in to her pencil skirt. And then <laughs> <next one> in. <laughs> no, but she she, she shits tea. She shits. She, she cries. shits like everyone else. She's probably masturbated once or twice in her life. Who in knows? The, in the in the fields in the fields of wheat. In the fields of wheat. Wow. <laughs> I, I think that will always be funny. Yeah. I mean. Bless her. I mean, the other thing is like. With the slow tie situation, and also cool. if you actually watch the video, slow tie is literally looking down into the crowd at this guy who like threw the glass, and the guy is clearly saying something to him, it's and that's when slow tie jumps off to the stage to react. But it's actually the guy who's saying something to him. He's got like long hair. He's like a bit older. The bouncers actually pull him away first because he is the initiator. He actually. Like that guy who started on slow tie is the was more yeah. like violent yeah. than anything that slow tie slow did tie, to Catherine tie, Ryan. Uh, yeah, and also slow tie walked away at first on stage. If you watch him, yeah, he goes, "You ruined my speech, thank going. you." And then he and then he puts he's the mic down. He's not fucking Alan yeah. Watts. He's not Russell Brand. He's not some like no. He's he's a young guru. he's a young kid. He was not just gonna like be like music. I'm above this. Yeah. Everyone just has an ego. He's not just gonna walk away. Yeah, he's a kid. He's yeah. a kid, an incredibly talented kid who'd drunk too much or snorted whatever. <laughs> Probably. And But the thing is, but here's the other thing is that the point that I have, and this is a point that I see Vince Staples say a lot, uh, who's another rapper that I that I that I really like. And he's very smart and he's quite young. I think he's twenty six now, but he's been making music for the longest time and he's been very smart and very consistent his whole career. Um and he 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 said um, it was when Take who's a, a rapper who recently, uh, I think he's either got sent down for prison or he's facing uh, life in prison for uh, assaulting someone. I can't remember the, the specifics, but he said, free Take and free all the homies, no matter if they did it or not. So his point is that no one, no one deserves the punishment of, of prison. Like that, 
the, the punishment of prison is so severe and it's so finalised for a lot of people that it's a terrible thing that we should be, as empathetic people, we should understand that anyone going to prison is horrible. No matter what crime they've committed, no matter what sin they've done, it is a terrible thing to go through prison, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people came out of him being like, you know, oh, this is just like, you can't say this, you can't say that, you know, this guy murdered someone or blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. it's, you know... I mean, there's a, a reason prison thing, was invented. Well, it's thing, like, but he, what he also... Well, then he went to say, he said, oh, it's all fun and games for you white kids. You know, listening to rap music, you all want some authentic people who are from the hood. But as soon as any of these guys do hood stuff, you guys are not on board with it. So, number one, we want our rap artists to be authentic, to be violent, to be misogynistic, to make music that is aggressive. We want them to, to do it while also being authentic, but as soon as they actually do anything that, that, that they talk about in their music, then it is cause for us to, for, for us to cancel them. Mm-hmm. You think so, it's so... Especially white kids. Like, I went to see... I saw, for example, a couple of years you ago... You example... Saw, Example. For example, no, huge fan though. Bring back example. Where's he at? I don't know. Probably, um, no, probably got his black card and he's uh, just I saw drowning in chicken. <laughs> Mate, that was a fucking. That is We're such a about- huge, like, culturally British yeah. thing. We're not like, talking about it right now though. <laughs> We've got- like Mona the Vampire, the chick- the Nando song. Do you reckon? Yeah. Do you reckon Mona the Vampire is really that British? Yeah. I remember watching it in France. They're in the big blue house. It's not, I don't feel like it's like that British. Um, I feel like if we're talking about like... Tracy Br- Beaker. There we go. That, that, that one I'm on board with. Anyway. Where's Danny Harmer gone? Tele- Shouts Tele- to Danny Tubbies. Harmer. Uh, Danny Harp yeah. Tweenies oh my god oh she's I, DJ she's playing she's playing at Deaf Institute soon are you fucking she's, kidding she's me she's MCing like or oh, she was MCing tonight I can't remember what the thing is that's she was like playing yeah, madness yeah, yeah. Yeah. that is madness shouts out Danny shouts out Tracy Beaker shouts out Danny uh, she's well on not Jacqueline Wilson though she's a bit Bug transphobic off. and she wasn't very nice to me when I met her oh really no. Anyway, we were talking about heroes though we except Slow Tie I do love Slow Tie so you went to see who do you go and see I've been to see Slow Tie. Skepta. Skepta, yeah. I went to see Skepta a couple of years ago at Phil yeah. Day. Um, every single kid in the audience was white, bro. Yeah. And this is what I mean, like... And this this is the other thing that was, uh, like, they were talking about at the um, BAFTAs. Mm. Like, rap music is pop music. Yeah. Like, that's rap a whole fucking other pop. conversation. Um, and you can't just listen to this shit and think that it's cool and then be like a white kid talking about all this shit that you will never actually understand. Yeah. Um, and then and, and that's have not... a, an opinion against these people who are rapping about their real lives. They're telling yeah. their fucking story. Yeah, and this is not to say that like white people haven't been through so, some of the things that they talk about. Certain white people haven't been through the things they talk about. You know, poverty is a is a universal yeah, thing. Yeah, but it's white but, middle class kids yes, this, who, who are like, consuming the music. Yeah, yeah. Like and, these... and going to watch it at gigs as well. Because going to watch gigs is some sort of a, it's a privilege you know it's not a necessity for everyone so to be able to even go to those concerts is something that is quite middle class especially if you go off yeah so essentially it is like white middle class kids who are like paying for the careers of like black rappers who i don't know i feel like we should do a proper podcast on this because yeah. i i i don't think I feel as comfortable speaking about this, just us two, because there's a lot about rap music and trap music 
that I don't understand being okay. a white person myself. So yeah. I would feel much more comfortable speaking about this with someone who could educate me yeah. on stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because essentially I am just a white consumer as well. I'm yeah, not middle yeah. class in any way whatsoever. But there's I am white and yeah. I have no idea about a lot of the oppression yeah. that's happening about um knife crime and things that's happening yeah. in London. All I know is like um what like George the poet, for example, his podcast. Yeah. That's called Have You Heard George's Podcast? All I know really is what I've heard from him or what my friends have told me. Yeah. Like I fe- I don't feel like I have a right to speak about it. That's fair. Um in much think, depth at the moment. I think um just going back from from this Vince Staples point, um, I feel like um, what he's trying to say is that we want people who are authentic, and then when they do something that is authentic to them and their brand, um, they you know, and it doesn't align with with the the listener, then they 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 act surprised and disappointed, and it's know, almost a way that they're like exploiting these people yeah, for it's their like past. exploiting but black it's... musicians for what they're speaking about and then Wanting... actually still and... like segregating them for yeah for doing for those actually things. doing what is it's like this weird kind of yeah, fucked totally. up hypocrisy and this, it's yeah. like the same way it's like it's still racist when you say things like you know i've, I've felt it happen i've been in arguments with people like i remember this one girl saying to me once um I wish I was black because like black girls have big boobs and big bums. Jeez. That's so fucking racist. Yeah. It's it's like it's like it's like positive racism. Is that what you call it? Mm. Um. But it's almost like it's like it's just flipped. Yeah. It's just like a flipped version of itself. You're still not seeing people as equal. Shout out, get out. Right. That's what that film's about, pretty much. Is it? Yeah. Have you never seen it? Get out. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. It's about like. Um, you know, well, a lot of, you know, old white people wanting to inhabit black bodies uh, because they they see them as being more athletic. I don't remember that bit. Uh, I just remember it clearly being like the white people were racist and black people are just normal people. <laughs> did and did being you watch like, the film? Oh. <laughs> That's literally what the film's about. <laughs> I think the difficulty with... Well, he's like, I want your eyes. I want your eyes, boy. And then he's like, I want them things you see with. Do you not remember that line? No. And that's why, like, that's why one of the guys like, get out. I when should gets... watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, that film is, like, <laughs> crazy. But it's, like, what actually happens in it oh, is way really deeper. Oh, we need to go see Slim and Queen as well. Queen Absolutely. and Slim. Anyway, I've not finished my point about Vince Staples and Slow Tie. It's all right. Um, Slow Tie is someone that was raised in Northampton. He was raised with an incredibly poor background. Um, he is mixed race. He is... Um, he has also come out, you know, being successful. He's also been known to um, do a lot of illegal activity. Um, and he talks about it very, very candidly in his music. And I just feel deal that... Deal with it. Deal with it. Yeah, deal with it. Um, but I Fucking think... Fucking banger. Absolutely. But I think he... I think we need to understand that, like that comes with its hardships as well. You know, it's not just something that should be glamorized. It's something that is also very difficult and it's something that slow time self, I'm sure would admit to the fact that he is trying to overcome some of his past. Mm-hmm. He's trying to overcome um, some uh, of yeah. the trauma that he's probably lived through. And actually when someone kind of, I guess, relapses or, you know, shows off 
that part of them sometimes we've got to understand that like that isn't them all the time they're still like they're still healing and growing 100 percent, and getting and becoming more mature and i think um and this is the main like when you or a drink well, sorry when someone throws a drink at slow tie and he throws a drink back at the guy who threw a drink at him yeah what else do you fucking expect yeah that's the point but just yeah but also like you know, I think we should just be more understanding of that. It's the same with Amir from from Brockhampton. Um, oh my God, shouts to Brockhampton. Yeah. Baby. I mean, I don't... I've heard Brockhampton's side. I've heard the victim side. I've heard Amir's side. And I don't know what really happened um, with all of that. I believe there's truth in probably what everyone's saying. It's a bit of truth everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I think this whole Amir thing wasn't so cut and dry and I think it got dealt with very cut and dry. He just got straight excluded from the band. Um, but he was candidly talking about mistakes he'd made and how he was trying to get better and how he's kind of owning up to his demons. And, That's you how know, you grow. He was reading the Bible every day and he wow. was like really trying to sort himself out. You could hear it in his lyrics, you know what I mean? He's talking about how he's done some terrible, terrible things and he's not proud of himself and he's trying to grow. And the kid was like... He's like 23, 24. He's like young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He might even be younger than that. He might even be 22. He might be younger than me. We need to appreciate you know? it. And we need to appreciate that we, we are all making mistakes daily. We daily make mistakes. But also, some are more severe than others, yes. But we also need to understand that, like, we need to give people the chance to at least own up to it and try and do better. And there are some things that people do that Reconcile. are inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable, you know, like. I go back to the R. Kelly stuff. It's pretty in- inexcusable. And also, he. but when someone does something that inexcusable, they're not trying to... They're almost too far gone. I see that, like, that's... He, he did a lot of of, of um, denying. He's super in denial about all the accusations. He you, you can see he's not really sad. He's just sad he got caught. You know, he's upset he got caught. But... And I think that's the difference is people who do those those crimes that are so severe usually don't have like a sociopathic tendency. Literally. They, they can't empathise and, and therefore anything, they don't feel sorry for what they, they're doing. And I think when, when we need to understand that like a lot of those people are, you know, and, and people, are, people are now exploiting the fact that Amir got kicked out for something like that. And recently, Bareface got accused of talking to underage girls and trying to groom people. Re- re- like, last week, right? Came out, loads of people on Twitter were on about it. It got shared everywhere. Like, it didn't blow up like Amir's thing did, but it blew up. And then the girl who came out about it, she'd even had screenshots and everything. The girl who came out about it said it was all fake. That yeah. they made it up. And this is also part of it. Same like, thing with Hobo Johnson. I think similar thing happened with Hobo yeah. Johnson. But this is the other thing, and this is going to sound like an almost contradictory phase, but wisdom is a paradox. Yeah. I think it's just as important to accept that people who are accused of doing something could be innocent. Yeah. Just as important as it is to... Assume that they could believe be. victims. Yeah, and th- I was gonna say the same because thing. Because there, there is no, there is no part of me at all. I just really want to stress that is is denying, is 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 um, encouraging 
hate upon women who speak out. There is not one part of me that wants to make women feel ashamed about anything in any whatsoever. That is not what this has been about. Like the whole point was that Catherine Ryan said that she didn't feel sexually harassed. And so by people saying, choosing how she feels was like also equally as misogynistic. Yeah. Like, but my point is that there are also quite a lot of cases where people, men in particular, are wrongly accused of doing certain things. Um, people need to be ready to accept that... Not everything is as it seems. Exactly. I think, yeah, the way I see it is we should take... This is why we, we need should, to have empathy and understanding we, yeah. and just stop judging and we having should, opinions all the time. Yeah, we should take we should take every accusation seriously, but not as fact. I think they're two different things. I think taking it seriously and taking it as fact straight away are two different things. Yeah, and I think, I think but this was my point as well with like R. Kelly, for example, this idea that he's sort of too far gone in the fact that he's like um, denying everything and, and almost psychopathic tendencies are like involved there. That's where we kind of need to pity him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the most important things in cases like that is just making sure that his victims don't feel like victims, but feel like survivors and that they are empowered and that they are like, not commended for coming out because, but like that those people feel supported. My point yeah. is it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be about when it's, when it's that severe and when it's that deep rooted and when it's that continuous and it's that fucked up. Like, R. Kelly shouldn't be the main focus. It shouldn't be his name who I keep saying. It shouldn't be him who we're even talking about. It should be, you know, these women and their stories and the amazing things that they've overcome. And um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously... Which is, which is what the documentary's about as well. Yeah. You know, but it's... I haven't actually seen it yet. I'm not going to pretend that I have. Yeah, I've watched, like, the first episode. But I think, in general, like... It's hard. It's that that's so hard to navigate because R. Kelly's such a big name. You know what I mean? Like, like when you're a celebrity, like the status is so big, and that's 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 how you become. That's how you make it. You know, mainstream news, right? Mm-hmm. You don't make it from talking about the victims. You make it from talking about the. But that's what's so fucked well, up. The, uh, it's the, actual- the same. Like the like like you were saying about media outrage and like like fake not fake news um like the idea that the media is just constantly trying to take these situations and make them something to talk about and twist them in certain ways and it becomes about the conglomerates and um getting people talking so that links will be clicked and headlines will be read and it's not actually about what's important Mm. no yeah i think you're right Great conversation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was. Um, I had a feeling we were going to agree. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I think um, I definitely had some more points about it, but I think I've forgotten them now. We can always bring them up some other time. Yeah, that should be fun. All right, let's close this. Okay, so we're going to end this on three recommendations. My first recommendation is um, 
podcast, which is a huge inspiration of mine, hence why I'm now here making a podcast. Yeah. Um, Dane Baptiste questions everything. Okay. One of my favorite episodes of his is with the incredible Catherine Ryan. And um, they speak about everything from the moon and periods and... I don't specifically remember, but a bunch of stuff. And um, <laughs> they're the two. Th- they're the two most important things in life. <laughs> the moon periods. and periods. Absolutely. Um, we're going to do an episode on periods. I'm sure. At we least will. one. Um, Speaking of things, I have no quality. <laughs> I can't qualify to talk about. That's what makes it interesting, though, baby. Yeah, I can learn a lot. Uh huh. Mm. Exactly. Exciting. That'd be great. I'm excited. So uh, yeah, Dane Baptiste questions everything. Um, He's got some incredible people on his podcast. The structure is like him, his producer and his guest all ask a question and then they answer it and it's really good. Really good. Um, my second recommendation is um, Kevin Abstract's album, Arizona Baby. 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 So yeah, big up. It's a beautiful thing. And it's very good. Talking about Brockhampton reminded me of that. Yeah. Very, very good album. Um, Joyride's album. Oh, yeah. And my favourite. Oh, I don't know, actually. Like, they're all my favourite. I like Corpus Crispy. (laughs) (laughs) You got... I like... I I prefer Snap and Crackle, actually. (laughs) If Kevin Abstract ever wants to... Reduce, reduce fucking hell you know I'm tired now jeez ever wants to release a brand of cereal Corpus Crispy that is what it's literally gonna be called yeah. you can do the graphic design okay yeah I'll do all the writing on the side like um like on Oatly they've got really interesting packaging oh, so I yeah, could do yeah. that for Kevin Abstract's cereal brand nice cool well, I'll, I'll yeah. DM him yeah <laughs> um, the plug and my third my third recommendation is an artist called Isra. You can find her on Instagram at Isra Designs. Um, she recently exhibited some of her work at a um, an event that I was at on Thursday. I was actually a performer at said event. And I also curated Isra under my platform, Community United Music. And basically she is an incredible artist who combines um drawings and um photographs and photoshop and creates these beautiful pieces of art that are um inspired by the music that she's listening to yeah and i bought one of her pieces called above and above not below nice nice (laughs) yeah so shouts to Isra, big up. Nice one. What are your three recommendations, Mattia? Um, my first one. I'm 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 gonna follow a similar theme. Um, my first one would be a podcast. This is strictly for probably for engineers and maybe producers and uh maybe no one else. I don't know. It's called the This Sounds Better podcast. Um, it's three engineers. Um, who all know each other. One of them is Alex Tomei, who is my favourite engineer of all time. Um, he's Young Thug's engineer. He was Travis Scott's engineer. He was. Um, he did a load of different big albums. Um, and I find him very inspirational. I've watched a lot about him. But he had a podcast with um, 
two people that he knows and they're all engineers all from different kind of um, backgrounds and pasts and it's just very interesting to listen to um, what they talk about and some of it is pretty funny because they talk about the biggest mistakes that people made uh, in studios while they were there and that's a really funny episode I think it's like episode like seven maybe in the first series um some of them are very informational because about like the gear they use and their approach to like recording and etc informative yeah so it's it's pretty informative for me i like to listen to it um and i find it very engaging but that might not be for everyone um number two i would like to shout out um shy girl because She's sick, and I was talking about it early on the podcast, and she's got a lot of music that I would highly recommend. Um, Big up Sebastian Shub too. Yes. Don't forget to check him out, Paradise. Absolutely. Um, and, oh, I know. How about Jordan Peele? Just Jordan Peele films in general. We were talking about Get Out very briefly. Yeah. Get Out, Us, they're all very good. Um, and Queen and Slim. Yeah, but I, Queen and Slim, that wasn't by Jordan Peele, though, was it? Is it not? No. What else did he do? Um, he did Key and Peele, which is a very different beast. Well, he's a comedian. He's someone I find very interesting because he did, he came from a different background um, and was doing comedy for a long time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I feel like I fucking love this guy because he is the director, creator, whatever, who only makes films with um, black protagonists. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is way overdue. Yeah, he's he's only made two so far, I think, or two main ones, um, and they've both been horror, which is interesting because the genre itself. Oh yeah, the other one is... with like that family. Yeah, I said I haven't seen. I said that. us. Yeah, but Jeez, I, I. I thought you said you had seen that. No. What? I haven't seen it. You. I haven't seen Up either. I mean, <laughs> they're two different films. <laughs> I haven't even seen Jaws, bro. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Jaws Laws. And <laughs> anyway, Jesus Laws. Anyway, Jaws Laws. Anyway, we've been we've been the Lemon and Ginger podcast. Where's Jude Law? What happened to him? I don't know. I'm Matt, and you are Billy May. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, baby. Bye, baby.